This is a Foobar Radio podcast. For more information, go to foobarradio.com. Tuesday Takeover with Andrea Di Giovanni on Foobar Radio. Hi, everybody. Welcome to the Foobar Tuesday Takeover. And it's me, Andrea Di Giovanni, and I have... Um, co-hosting with me the fabulous Shah Bailey. Hey, Shah. Miss Vanjie. I'm sorry. <laughs> we've just been talking about Miss Vanjie for the last half an hour, and it's just in my head. She's everywhere, isn't she? I love her. I'm in love, actually. She makes me question my whole sexuality. <laughs> <laughs> oh, definitely. She's like her drag has stepped up so much from last season, isn't it? She makes me just want to like tap bits and be like Miss Vanjie. <laughs> yes. Her rap was amazing. Only, only her performance was a little bit, uh, but like her rap was amazing. But, so, what we're going to do in these next two hours, we're going to talk a lot of things about the queer community. We have so many incredible guests coming in. You've got so you've got such a good... I love that all of these guests are your friends, and I'm like, why is my friend circle not as cool as yours? Oh, well, stop obviously it. you're my friend, so... <laughs> hey, no, exactly. No, like, we, I've got... I've connected with a lot of people in these past five years, and it's been, like, super great. So we have the incredible Emily Crooked from Transmission. So excited to London meet her. London Pride. Mm-hmm. Amazing. Then we have the Mask Bitch, as she likes to be called, which is the Stella Marbles. Bitch. Yes, because, like, she's known for doing incredible drag looks, and what she does is that she handcrafts some mask, and she decorates them and she creates incredible fantasies with them. Do you think she'd make me one? Oh, I'm, I'm 100% We're sure she her. will. We're gonna yes, yeah, yeah, that's I'm what like, we're going to do. Mask me up, bitch. <laughs> <laughs> yes. And then in the end, we're going to have my lovely friend, which is called Dan Crossley. And he's an incredible singer songwriter who has already been making incredible waves. And we're going to talk with him future projects, some live stuff, and more. I love his new track. Do you? Are, we, are we playing it? Of course, oh, honey. I, love it. I, I had a little bath rave the other day whilst I was listening to the track list, and as soon as it came on, I was like, yeah, I'm here for this. I'm here for yes. this. I'm here for all of this. No, Dan has got an incredible voice, honestly. Like, I'm big into live vocalists, because obviously, like, I inspire myself to Whitney, to Beyonce, and, like, oh, honey, he's... Oh, Whoa, he's incredible. So... What also we are wanting you to do, you can get in touch with both me, Shah, uh, and, um, and Andrea. So you can find me on Twitter at, at Andrea Di Giovanni and on Instagram at Andrea Di Giovanni. And then you can find Shah where? Uh, you can find me on Instagram at Shah underscore Bailey underscore and on Twitter at Shah Bailey UK. Amazing. So basically, I am a singer-songwriter and an LGBTQ plus activist. Um, I have been releasing uh, a lot of music in the past five years in London. Bang. I've <laughs> we're going to play a little bit of that later on <laughs> on the show. Um, and I managed to get to play London Pride at the main stage. It was amazing. I played Birmingham Pride this year, which was super, super, super lovely. How, what did you think of Birmingham Pride? Because, you know, I'm from Birmingham. Oh. I absolutely, honestly, absolutely love Birmingham Pride. The vibe was incredible, and I super appreciated the fact that they put a lineup of uh, DIY up and coming queer artists. Cause no Tino Shade, or maybe a little bit of shade there, but there's not many other Pride um, that actually do that. Uh, so I was super, super happy to see that. And also, I've recently started up this incredible new no-profit organization, and we fight for queer liberation, which is called Voices for London. Yeah, and we love host, that. we host open meeting fortnightly um, so if you ever feel interested feel free to contact me or go and at Voices for London on Instagram and then Shah tell us a bit more about you what do you do? Well by trade I'm a life coach this is my bread and butter um, but I do lots so I work with UK Black Pride as an education officer Amazing. which is so important because I 
until a couple of years ago, I didn't have a clue about my blackness. And I was like, being mixed, being black, as you know. It can be a little bit of a difficult subject. You sort of don't know which part you fit in. So learning all about my blackness through UK Black Pride has been amazing. I do a little bit of motivational speaking, keynote speaking. I run events for guided meditations. So you can come and get your zen on with me. And, you know, just being a... A visible black lesbian woman so that yes. people can look up to me and say, oh, hey, you can be a black lesbian woman and that's absolutely okay. You can, you know, have your best life. So, so, so important, honestly. And that's why I'm so pleased to have you with me today. And that's why I want to touch back with you to something that you just said, because I find it very important to talk about it. So you talked about acknowledging your blackness and sort of starting to feel empowered by it. And I think I find it that so important because we were talking briefly outside Mm -hmm. before the show. So, yes, can you please tell us more about this process that you went in through? So like not knowing much and then actually acknowledging um, your blackness and actually being proud of it. Yeah, because... You know, as a black person or as a person of colour, you're taught from a young age that, you know, you've got to work ten times harder than a white person. You've got to be ten times more polite. You've got to be ten times more proactive. And you're taught almost that being black is a negative. So now I'm like, actually, actually, Hold being on a sec. black, being a person of colour is a privilege and an honour. There's so much history in the black culture. There's so much... There's so much to learn and so much to acknowledge. So for me, it's all about, okay, well, yes, I'm black. Yes, I'm Indian. I live in you know, a majority white country. I've experienced prejudice on a number of levels. However, just because all of that has happened, it doesn't need to continue to happen. I can educate myself and then educate others and empower others. I don't want my little sisters to walk around thinking that the colour of their skin is going to be, you know, something that's negative for them. I want them to be empowered and feel strong and be happy to be black. I used to be that person who was like, as soon as it was a hot day like this, I'd be in the shade, putting my Factor 50 on. I don't want to be any darker. And now I'm like, oh, the sun's out, my, my melanin needs to be popping. Yes, girl, yes. yes. Yes, queen. No, honestly, honestly, it's it's so, sitting just here in front of you, it's just so powerful, uh, like what you just said. And I think it's it's so important, especially, you know, looking at the, you know, the political climate that we're living in right now. Obviously, Terrifying. Me being gender non-conforming and trans and, you know, you being um, a lesbian person of color, it's, mm-hmm. you know, we, we are kind of facing some hard times. And I think it's important to remind people that you can be proud of who you are and you don't need to settle or you need to diminish any part of who you are just because the people in the power are trying to force that message. Absolutely. And do you know what? It's For me, it's very much a story of disregarding what the external says, disregarding what other people are saying about me and really trying to home in on what do I think about myself? What do I think when I look in the mirror, when I see my curly hair, when I see the curves on my skin, when I see my darker freckles, my darker whatever, and really being empowered by that and saying, hey, I may look different to you, but different doesn't have to be worse. Different doesn't mean worse. Different means fabulous. 
Absolutely, I totally hear you, and I and you know I I do the same obviously under different circumstances, but that's why. Um, although sometimes me as a gender non-conforming person, you know, thinking about going out there, so when there is the moment of the wardrobe, mm-hmm. and I made a post on Instagram lately about this, it's it, there is some like voices in your head, and you think, oh, I really would like to be very feminine and to show off my body because I'm confident in it. And yeah, you are dripping in fashion. Ah, oh, thank you, doll, and. And, but then it's hard because then you think I don't want to be harassed. I don't want people to, to look at me for the wrong reason. I don't want you know people to attack me verbally or physically. Mm-hmm. And, but it's a situation that all of us you know go through. It's a very it, real threat. It, it know, is. And it's not something that you're just saying, oh, I'm worried that people might do this because, you know, there are stories out there. It happens. It's happening right now. Like There is a whole fight uh, within our community. I mean, I feel like we're winning that fight at the moment. I feel like there's a lot of solidarity. There's a lot of unity. There's a lot of in-community support. But at the same time, there is an ongoing battle. Oh, absolutely. And that's why I, I think it's so important for um, all of us to unite because, you know, we are going to enter a very tough time right now. And, you know, our rights, you know, we're facing a moment where our rights are going to be stripped from us. So we need to reclaim those rights and, and fight uh, for, our, for our rights and for our liberation because otherwise no one else is going to do it. And that's why it's um, so important um, to, you know, to be your true self and to leave... Um, your your life to its fullest and although it's scary at times know that there is a lot of other people out there and um you can message these people you can start conversation with people and um you know you're gonna feel incredibly better because that's what i did at the beginning of discovering my gender identity i messaged other people i asked them you know how they did it and how they felt comfortable and there you go. Like then, I you know listened to them, and they were like, "Just do you." Uh, I know it's going to be hard at times, mm-hmm. uh, but just ignore those voices and just leave your truest self. Because I discovered that when I started to do this, I was happy with myself. Yeah. I would look at myself in the mirror in the morning and feel like, "Damn, like damn, she looks hot today." She, she looks she, like, he, and she's they, about, whoever exactly. you look fire girl. And she's about to give it to you all because you know I and I know it sounds corny a little bit, but like, if you have a flonic girl, like. You know what I mean? Why, why would you have to restrict any side of your personality just because other people don't feel comfortable in their own? Exactly. And when other people don't feel comfortable, we are so, you know, I, I believe that humans are beautiful and we often think that if somebody else feels uncomfortable, then, then we have to change. But often if somebody feels uncomfortable, the issue isn't with you, it's with them. They need to question themselves and think... If I feel uncomfortable around a queer person, around a queer person of colour, around a non-binary, a transgender person, then what issues have I got to deal with within myself? Because that person isn't harming me. They're not, you know, encroaching on my private life or my space. They're just living their truth. And if someone else's truth offends you, then how much are you living in your truth? A hundred percent. And I think uh, a great way to tackle this is education, um, because obviously it's nice to point these things out. But also, I think it's important to provide a solution to the issue. Absolutely. And I think it's it's definitely cultural, as we were saying. Mm-hmm. So I think the way to dismantle this type of culture is through education. So if we're going to teach our kids that there are different people out there, there are different genders, sexuality is very much more fluid than it used to be. And mm-hmm. it's always been, to be honest, it's just somebody else sort of like restricting it to the binary system mm-hmm. uh, or to just few options but there is so much out there and I also feel that it's so important that for kids to know and it's important also to say that it's not um, you know having LGBTQ plus lessons it's not brainwashing your kids uh, at all but instead is actually showing them that there are 
options you know and i think that's so important 100 percent, and that's exactly why things like uk black pride exist that's yeah. exactly why we have this event after pride in london to bring that community together and it is a really community event like i saw children there i saw families there i was like off in the corner running the wellness and well-being area talking all things that we're talking about today yeah but that's exactly why having these spaces and creating these spaces and not having a space created for you by a white person that you can go along to having a black person or a person of color own that space and say hey we're going to be here we're going to be celebrated we are going to be powerful irrespective of what you think irrespective yeah. of your opinion or any discrimination or any way that you've been conditioned to think about me i'm here and i exist look at me or look away yeah. and if you you know it's like i love jay-z and his one of his <laughs> lyrics is either love me or leave me alone yeah that was such an awful jay-z impression <laughs> <laughs> but it, it's literally that if you can't embrace us if you can't accept us then move away from us because we will be here educating you and that's exactly what my role is at uk black pride to go out into the community to educate people on why black pride exists on why people of color and people who aren't necessarily born here still have to yeah. battle things that you know we're so lucky that we can be proud in this country as much as yes. you know we have limitations but you know we're not being beaten publicly hung or you know imprisoned for our sexuality here yeah. and, and whilst we've got that privilege exactly the same as white privilege we've got british privilege we need to be using it a hundred percent and touching on that because i think it's so beautiful and i think there is a lot of like you know uh, cis white folks out there then i think it's it would be beneficial for them to listen to this why is black pride important and why is black pride necessary well because exactly the same reason as why pride in london or any other pride is important racism exists yeah <laughs> homophobia exists yeah. in an ideal world we would say oh you know we don't need to have pride we don't need to have black pride but this isn't an ideal world this is the world that we live in this is the world that we've been that we have you know have given have been given to us yeah. and so if we're going to exist here we want to be able to exist safely we want to be able to exist happily and so we need to have you know that strength in numbers bringing those people together and just really making a stand the um, hashtag this year for UK Black Pride was When We Rise. So I don't know if you Love were there. That. Were you there? Unfortunately, I was. I literally did the march with Voices for London. And, and the day after, I couldn't move. Like, I swear <laughs> to God, I couldn't literally move from my bed. Because, like, we literally went there, uh, I think, uh, from, I went there from 9 a.m. in the morning. Wow. I ended up touching base at home around 9 p.m. Wow. So it's a, it's a long day. Yeah. But on the main stage, Lady Phil, who is... Lady Phil. Yes, Lady, yes, Lady, Lady Phil. Lady Phil. She led, you know, a chant and 10,000 people Whoa. shouting when we rise. It's just so empowering because, you know, what will happen when we rise? Exactly the same as what happened 50 years ago in the Stonewall riots. The queer community started to rise and come together. And now that the queer community of colour, you know, UK Black Pride's been going for 15 years now. We are absolutely rising. Yes, I, I just, I love this so much, honestly. Um, 
it's 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 just so 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 important. And I've seen snippets. I've seen Lemonique uh, performing, oh. which I absolutely love here. Yes, right, with the whole pink jumpsuit situation, which is absolutely incredible. So um, Emily is here and is ready to chat with us. Emily Krug from Transmission and London Trans Pride. And but before we get Emily in, I'm gonna play you a little song. So before I play this song, I just want to tell you that today I've selected um, all tracks from queer DIY artists. Because I just think it's important that mm-hmm. we champion that. And me being DIY, I know how hard it is sometimes to get radio play yeah. and just to, to make waves. And especially when you're DIY, it's a lot of dollar. <laughs> it's a lot of dollar. But on that note, and especially on the note of Black Pride, we're going to play my friend James Indigo new track, Contour, Love which it. is an incredible ballroom-inspired track. And is the, I call this the power bitch track. So when you're walking through London, you can strut your juice, get your life. The power bitch track. Yes, I'm honey. I'm calling all my favorite songs this. The power bitch yeah. track. Yeah. So now we have it. And this is the amazing James Indigo performing Contour for you. Fubar Radio presents Harriet Rose, Alakai Harley. Welcome back to Fubar Radio. Hey. For me, the only thing is that you know, with the whole female thing, I don't want it to be like, oh, oh my gosh, girl power. That is what it is, but we don't have to like really say no, it and no. just like smother it all over there because then it becomes cheesy. Yeah. So I want it to be like, forget the gender for a second, make it an amazing. It's a hit. So and it's a hit because it's a hit, that, not because we're girls. But that is really you know I mean? interesting what you've just yeah. said because I call myself a female DJ because yeah. it's putting me in a niche yeah. that is beneficial for yeah. me. But it's interesting that you don't yeah. want to use that niche because you're like, nah, we're just good quality performers I, and artists. Every Thursday from 4pm on Fubar Radio. Tuesday Takeover with Andrea Di Giovanni on Fubar Radio. Hi everybody and welcome back to my Tuesday takeover here at FUBAR. I'm Andrea Giovanni, I'm here with Sha Bailey and we have our first guest who is Emily Krug from Transmission and London Transpride. Hi Emily, how are you? Hi, how are you doing? I'm good. I'm loving what's around your neck right now. Right? I know they can't see unless they're watching but it's a padlock with a key and I just feel it's like it's giving me really like Maid Marian vibes. Thank you. I, yes. I found it on the floor in Shoreditch. <laughs> amazing. That's There's so much you can find on the floor in Shoreditch. <laughs> That's amazing. Right? It's like the fashion. Fashion. <laughs> the, fashion the, st- the proper streetwear fashion, isn't it? <laughs> Literally streetwear. Streetwear, yeah. streetwear fashion, Literally honey. Love it. So, Emily, I just um, want to touch back to you, first of all, on the amazing London Transpride March that is going to happen on September 14th. So, can you tell us more details about it, please? Yeah, absolutely. So um, we'll be marching from Wellington Arch to Soho Square. The whole point of it was to sort of get trans people in the street and out in the open because so much of our community exists like after dark and in nightlife. And yeah. we that's where we see each other. And it's like, that's good. But it's also we're kind of hidden. Like mm-hmm. when True. we're out in the street in the daylight, like it's that's where we're most exposed and where we're most vulnerable. But if you're you know safety in numbers wow if we yeah. can get thousands of people out in the street we can do it and we can be comfortable and we can be proud and absolutely like it's so it just feels like a really powerful thing to do yeah to, yeah. to get out in central london and be that visible and that sort of in that many numbers is it only i'm sorry if i'm being ignorant here but is it only trans people who are allowed to be in the march no no totally um it's it's trans people and allies um obviously with the it's just 
if you're not trans, be aware of the fact that you're not trans and that this space is for trans people and mm -hmm. that you're there as a guest and a supporter. Like, yeah, it's uh, yeah, we're going to be at the front. Yeah, no, I absolutely love absolutely. this. I'm, as a gender non-conforming and trans person, when I when I when I saw it straight away, I was just like, yay! Like, <laughs> yay! No, it, 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 honestly, it's so important. We were talking to to Shah before in this political climate, more so than ever, and with the fact that, especially across the board, across the sea in the US, we're seeing trans women killed at a ratio of probably twice or three people, three women a month, and we don't see really an official response from who's in power, mm -hmm. and it's it's scary. And I think obviously seeing you know the the rise of the lovely BJ. <laughs> the lovely BJ. I'm not even gonna name his name. Like I'm so pissed at him. I'm not even gonna name his name. So That's the lovely so anti-lesbian. The lovely <laughs> BJ. <laughs> but, but then isn't he anyway? <laughs> Loving it. Oh. But yeah. So obviously having somebody like him in power, uh, I feel it's so important to to show people that we're here and we want, we demand to be listened and we demand our liberation. And I think I feel it's so important that yes, we talk to the to the cis um, hetero world, but I think it's important also that we talk to the cis white gays in our own community because I feel that at times uh, trans people in within the community are not very respected at all. They're barely acknowledged and if anything they're constantly criticized. So what's your take on that? Um, yeah, no, I totally agree. One of the things like we, we wanted to end up in Soho because Soho is the sort of queer center of London but it's also not a place that certainly the trans community that I'm part of goes or like it's not somewhere I'm especially comfortable and maybe a slightly more comfortable than right. other parts of London but it's not it's not top of the list so um, is there like a, a i'm just you know is there like a secret place where trans people in london go i mean a lot of our community exists in dalston um vfd and dalston superstore are yeah. hubs for us or for me personally and for a lot of my friends um i live in dalston a lot of my friends live in dalston um hackney generally just like east if you ask someone where they live the answer is northeast london yeah um uh, but yeah, so we wanted to end up in Soho and we're going to be, we haven't done this yet. So if anybody is listening to this, who, to, wh to whom this is relevant, well, um, <laughs> it's okay. It's okay, it's girl. Good. We it's got all, you, girl. Exactly. We got we you. Got you it's okay. To whom this is relevant, we're going to be reaching out to queer venues in Soho to get trans pride flags outside all of them and in windows and sort of like, because there's rainbows everywhere, but right. we just want it, we want it washed in pink Show and blue. Show me that pink and yeah. blue. Uh, yeah, we want like, I think that would be really powerful. Like, I had the slightly radical idea to um, take down all the rainbows and replace everything. But I think... Kind of you for it, though. Like, <laughs> I don't know, know, it would look great, but it would, uh, it's, it's quite... That's optimistic. Um, yeah. <laughs> um, but, yeah, we want to... We want to secure... Like, it's as much about our place in society generally as it is about our place in the queer community as well like and especially given all the shit last year with well last year not last pride but last year um at pride in london yeah. with tariffs like that's that was initially like when we started planning this in january um that was kind of where it came from it was like we were looking yeah. forward to pride in london this year and thinking about it and like we we're just thinking we're not going to go like we're not we're not going to go to the main pride and that's why it was so fantastic that voices forward did that sort of anti-pride pride thank you um, but yeah and we were thinking that we really needed something to like make a statement about what had happened and also give us our own space where we know we can feel comfortable yeah
Yeah, and it's such a it's such a good way to respond. You know, there's so much anger in politics. So when you you know when you use that anger to do something positive, where you say rather than being hurt and crying in the corner, we're going to create something that really makes a difference for our yeah. whole community. It's just great, and we need more of that. Yeah, yeah, no, um, and that's that was also part of the real rationale behind the march is that like, it's it it's something that can reach so many people. It's not. We know that not everybody can be on a march, and not everybody's comfortable yeah. being out in the street because it's it can be like intimidating and it's majorly triggering as yeah, well. Yeah, yeah, like there's a big crowds of people, and there's there, there will be cops there, and that's yeah. like queer people and cops aren't right. <laughs> it's it's, it's a big friends. fuck the system. Um, so while we understand that it's not gonna be something that everyone can attend, it's gonna be something that is going to affect like wider community. It's gonna yeah. make a lot of noise across media platforms and like reach so many people who like don't know about trans issues and we can yeah. use that platform to chat about healthcare and about trans women dying across the world and trans rights in countries like we're we're relatively lucky we live in the UK. Yeah. I know it's mm -hmm. not perfect, but there are so many bigger issues in other countries and we can we can really shout about that on a huge yeah. platform because of this. No, I, I love that. It's so important. Obviously, I'm I'm originally from Italy, so I I cannot even tell you what's the Travella. reality. Oh, I, I know, I know Italian <laughs> so, trans women and the so you know with passports and change it and yeah, but not only that, it's just also societies as yeah. well. Um, it's it's tough, and I think it's so important for us, you know, to be proud and visible out there saying something like spreading up this message and i also love that it's sort of like trans plus yeah, um so obviously we're gonna we're gonna have also non-binary people um asexual people intersex people over there and and i think it's so important because uh, i wanted to touch base with you on the fact that i feel that our community especially the trans community is kind of fragmented at the moment there are many different voices many different opinions and for some really weird reason I'm, i was saying to charlotte the post on instagram i can't see seem to understand why we can kind of co-work together because you know numbers wise even just you know maths like number wise if we come together we're gonna this make this is basic maths honey literally we're gonna make much more noise no, but we're queer we're not good at maths <laughs> truth, truth I didn't go to school for math 100% I went to school to get fabulous honey uh, exactly but yeah so what's what's kind of like your opinion on that on how it's like why is it so fragmented and how can we overcome this fragmentation and come together I mean it's an extension of the issue that the left have generally like we, we can't seem to work together. We right. get caught up on the specifics of our politics and get just as angry or angrier at each other than we do at the right. Like, and so instead of combating like turfy ideology or homophobic hate crime, we're arguing with each other over, I don't know, I can't think of an example, but um, it's, yeah, it, it's a huge problem. It's not just the queer community. It's the left generally we we all want to go roughly the same direction but we're fighting over which specific degree of left like <laughs> how left very, do you want to be right, it's so frustrating um we were really like one of the hopes for the march is that it can be a day where all of that's put aside like yes. we can just kind of get out there and like show those numbers like because yes. there are so many of us and we can go and just be really loud and be really visible and yeah. yeah no I love that I love that it's so important and obviously us with Voices London we, we're going to be there we're going to support and I think it's also important for allies as, as you Emily were saying before recognise that it's a space that isn't 
built for you mm. but that doesn't mean that it's not accessible to you and we do need you we do need allies we need those numbers because the more we are um, the more we have a chance to be heard and again as you were saying it's, it's it is a queer issue but also it's like much more wider like left issues um, so if we want to really change the future of this country and then therefore intersectionally everything else that comes with it so racism issues uh, transphobia queerphobia um we got to work together. Misogyny, misogyny, misogyny sorry, as well. Sorry, sorry. No, absolutely. Put, pop that in, girl. Pop Lesbian that in. misogyny too. That exists. Absolutely. Um, also, you posted an article. You were interviewed by Vogue UK um, uh, about yes. about the importance of trans communities. And I actually wrote the article. I wasn't interviewed. Oh, oh. there you go. Oh. There you go. Uh, sorry, sorry. I'll Ms. take Benji. that. That's on me. That's on me. My mistake. Sorry. But yeah, so can you can you tell us a bit more like the importance of trans community here in London, especially? Oh, that was fab. That was such a good opportunity. Um, kind of similar to the march and just using huge platforms. Like when I sat down with somebody from Vogue and agreed that I was going to write the article, it sort of hit me that I can have I can say anything I want, roughly. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I love that. I, I, I can say important <laughs> things on on a platform that's going to reach that many people like um and being able to talk about lucia and transmissions and all the work that they've been doing and like even just like the power and the beauty of being able to hang out with other trans people and for once in your life not be the only trans person in the room mm. like that's hugely like, and the being able to communicate that to other trans people who maybe are often or always the only trans person in the room who don't live in London and haven't got that accessible to them that they can that that's important and it's going to help your mental health and it's going to help your life generally it'll help your work life like just being able to to sit down like early transmissions meetings were they, they didn't have structure they were just a space for us to all get together and we may sometimes we talk about stuff about being trans and sometimes we wouldn't like it's just it was a space where you could completely relax yeah um it's now gotten far more structured and we've got like sort of schedules and like t speeches not speeches <laughs> <laughs> we have speeches we talks talks yeah. yeah um talks workshops things like that um so it's far more like but th there's also space around that like it finishes and we'll wander down the road to superstore and have a drink and so if trans people are listening right now, how can they get involved? How can they find you? How can they become a part of this community that you've created? So we are on Instagram. We are Transmissions. Um, we post about all of our Monday meetups on there. Um, it's trans I think it's We Are Transmissions on Facebook as well. Um, we're a lot more active on Instagram, so that's the best way to get us. But it's generally every Monday evening, 8.30 at VFD, there will be at least some trans people there. Um, and if, yeah, if you show up, we will be there. We'll be watching a film or we'll have a workshop or we'll be listening to somebody from the community talk about art that they make or projects that they're involved in. Um, and, yeah, even if you're not, even if what's organized isn't, like, your thing, yeah. um, 
come along, meet some people. We're all great. We're all nice. We're not going to these meetups because we don't want to know other trans people. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that would be weird. <laughs> oh, I love that. I think, yeah, that's, that, that's super beautiful also to see, like, yes, of course, you do a lot of, like, um, political action, but also it's nice to have just a place to chill and yeah. make connections and, like, bring your friends there and make new friends as well. Yeah. Um, I think it's so important because that's something, for example, in my sort of, like, coming out to terms with my identity, seeing other people and, you know, listening to, to their lives, to their stories and their truth really helped me and it made me feel much more realized as you were saying, it's like, oh, I'm not that the only diverse, like, person that is diverse here. Like, I'm, I have other person that I can, like, latch onto. Yeah, and seeing people like you is just empowering anyway. I mean, yeah. the first time I saw a black lesbian woman, an out black lesbian woman, I was like, oh, wow, you, this, uh, th they exist? <laughs> what? <laughs> I, I can do that too. Like, that's, uh, yeah, it's, it's huge. Um, it's a really big deal. I love that. So, so important. Also, uh, you model in London's queerest fashion show, the Art School Autumn Winter 2019 show on London yeah, Fashion Week. Was, well, how really, was that? That was really fun. Um, that was, I wrote about that as well for another. Um, they asked me to cover that just as a sort of inside perspective on how they, mainly how they cast the show, which is, but like everybody in that show, there was only like two degrees of separation right. between people knowing anybody else in that show. We all knew Tom and Eden personally. Like wow. it was, it was just a really nice like. There was none of the like the fashion industry. You can be sat in a room with twenty people and nobody's speaking to each other. Everybody's right. staring at their phones. <laughs> um, but this was yeah, it was really fun. Um, it was very b being in a fashion show where like the majority of people are gender nonconforming was was fab um and Yay. doing that f for the bfc opening fashion week like in like the official space that felt really powerful like yes. this isn't like a sort of off schedule like underground not obviously that's still cool um but like that's again, well, of course again, a platform, it's, yeah. yeah it's moving on to bigger platforms um and yeah and it was it was huge for them as well because it was their first solo show they'd moved out of fashion east and uh -huh. this was their sort of spreading their wings and flying and and it worked. It did. <laughs> uh, it was amazing. And they had their show, um, their most recent show, and that was fabulous as well. Amazing. Um, yeah. That's yeah. super cool. The more visibility, the better. Yeah. For, for all the intersections. I mean, yeah. Every time I speak about these issues, I keep coming back to visibility, and it just seems to be the thing that I personally want to push for. And, uh, yeah. I mean, we all just want to be seen, don't we? That's yeah. what makes, as human beings, we all you know just want to feel important and if we're invisible then how can we ever feel important and if we don't feel important then as you said earlier your mental health and your self-worth just goes sort of down the pan so yeah more power to you yeah it's you. also i think it's also important for people like to see that we exist because yeah. sometimes you see headline in the press and again obviously we're, we're going to talk with stella soon but like with drag going mainstream i don't know if it's something common for you as well but like sometimes like i'm stopped in the street or like i'm performing and people think oh you're drag queen and i'm like, like yeah girl like, I'm like if you're getting charged to see drag that looks like this you're being scammed <laughs> <laughs> that, that is not a drag queen she's not putting in effort <laughs> right it's just painting okay. what's there like your eyebrows are a little low for a drag queen honey <laughs> Literally. Um, I saw also, and I remember that you demonstrated um, with transmission as well for trans inclusivity in the fashion world. Um, so I want to know, yeah, what's like, and obviously you walked as well. Um, but yeah, what's like your stance and your opinion with trans inclusivity in fashion? Like, what are the next steps? What can be done? And, you know, what's there to correct? I mean, there, there, there have been steps since then. Um, dazed. I mean, one of our... <laughs> 
one of our big, uh, one of the things we were chanting was get us off the mood boards, put us on the covers. And since then, they did their trans issue, which had, I think, four or five covers that were all trans people, which was huge. That was really great. Um, I was really happy to see because I'd, I'd worked with Days and I've written for Days, and having them like sort of properly getting behind the community in like a big and huge, big statement way that was yeah. really nice. Um, but yeah, um, progress is definitely being made. It's, I think, at the minute, trans people are being represented in the fashion industry, but it's a very sort of specific idea of what is trans. It's people who are trans and also like it's very palatable to a mainstream cis audience you're not seeing like non-passing trans women on runways you're not seeing it's either the sort of like androgynous model (laughs) or the drop dead gorgeous like unclockable yeah yeah Yeah. um which yes is great and like i'm very very happy for all of those models and they're doing fantastically and like credit to all the um all the brands and all the labels that are putting them in but it would be good to see like actual gen either gender non-conforming people or like people who are in the process of transitioning yeah and that's something that art school do and that's that's really powerful and that's really good Um, everybody can see that walk yes we're not all finished some of us are on our way there and like uh, that's okay and we're still gorgeous and a hundred percent I think yeah like there is you know there is this thing especially in the UK press where there is this this only one type of um, acceptable and palatable uh, trans person or gender non-conforming or non-binary person that fits that kind of mold and then you know basically it's either that or there's nothing else so people will automatically think oh well you're that person because I've seen it on the cover of the magazine or I've seen it online and that's the only way. So if you don't fit even that kind of like label, then you're somewhat fluctuating in the middle and it's, it's, it's kind of like awful. Yeah. Um, but then uh, we're going to play now a little bit of a song and then we're going to have Stella in because I would love to have Stella and you together and talk about a few things. Um, so before we go, I have to play this because it's just so amazing. And, you know, we're going into... A song, so I feel like I have to play Miss Danji. Oh, <laughs> I just, I was just like, one more time, one more time, Miss Danji. Living. So, the next track that I'm gonna play is from another friend of mine. He's an incredible singer, songwriter, and he's also super hot, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> How hot on a scale of one to ten? Like ten plus. Okay, I'm, I'm no longer like a lesbian. proper, proper, <laughs> proper hot. By the way, this is Memory by Samson. Enjoy. Tuesday Takeover with Andrea Di Giovanni on Fubar Radio. Hey everyone and welcome back to my Tuesday Takeover at Fuba Radio. It's Andrea Giovanni here with Shaw Bailey. We have Emily Crook and now we are joined by the fabulous masked bitch Stella Marbles. Hi Stella, how are you today? I'm good. Thank you so much for having me. It's my pleasure. Like Stella is a great friend of mine and she's an incredible drag queen and also she put up incredible nights. We're going to talk to her about this in a moment. <laughs> but Obviously, I have Stella and Emily here, and I want to talk to you, um, especially um, regarding um, female drag queens in in the drag world, and also in within you know the trans community, within the queer community. Because I know from Stella that you know 
it's mostly nice, but there are some like frictions and sometimes some negative situations. So I want to hear from the both of you a little bit about that. Yeah, so basically when I started getting into drag and into the club scene in London, at first I was really, um, ner- I guess nervous would be the best way to put it, because even though I knew there were a lot of incredible female and female-identifying um, drag artists in the community, like um, T.T. Bang, Victoria Sin, and so many others, still going into it, I didn't know if I would be fighting kind of like an uphill battle um, to kind of be um, respected for the work I was doing. But I, I was really happily surprised when I found that there's actually so much kind of acceptance and support within the community and just like in any you know realm creative industry whether you're in music or the arts or whatever it's more about if you are good at what you do and you know if you're dedicated and you have something unique to say um and you find the people who are you know who are going to have your back i think that you know is what really resonates yeah no, no, we get 100%. So from your point of view instead, Emily, obviously being a trans woman, when you, you get sometimes like some cis women coming into the space and how, how, you know, how do you feel about that? Because, you know, I've I known and I've heard, you know, there has been frictions, not necessarily, you know, all the time, but I know that, you know, it could be a little bit of like a sticky situation there. No, I mean, um, I, I mean, cis women and I'm a big fan of cis women. I'm a lesbian. Amen. Uh, <laughs> but um, I don't know. I think that there's actually quite a lot in common between like cis women and trans women in drag, like because we are both sort of up against it against the cis gays, um, right? Like, yeah. <laughs> they've kind of got the monopoly on that um, on that scene, and it's very much been and and especially in terms of how that scene is. Uh, understood and portrayed in mainstream culture it's understood and portrayed through RuPaul's Drag Race yeah um, Amen. And that's that, yeah that's not representative of what <laughs> current drag is <laughs> at all like um, we have cis and trans performers we have like non-binary performers like the fact that RuPaul's Drag Race UK came out without any drag kings on it just blew my mind like the number of incredible drag kings operating in the UK right now like that why yeah. would you not it made no sense um, I totally agree. <laughs> it's just baffling. Um, but yeah, I I, I think um, yeah we we all get the misogyny and we're all like yeah yeah we kind of fight yeah. yeah a lot of the same struggles. And it's not so much it, it's not necessarily about femininity. And I think that's for me as you know a lesbian, someone who's not part of the non-binary, not part of the trans community. I look into it and I'm. I don't see it being so much as about femininity, but more about art, about creativity, about expression of of self and whatever self looks like. I mean, I've been told to sit like a lady a few times because <laughs> I've got big dick energy. <laughs> but yes. but we, we like the big dick energy, and oh, on top of that, thing, <laughs> like, that's a big nice. dick energy sound. <laughs> so it's just um, interesting to hear you both talk about being so you know together, although you are essentially intersections of one community mm. yes. it's really you know unusual actually i thought you were going to have like a bitch fight up in here <laughs> <laughs> it was going to be like masks I mean, we off can. bitch fight, <laughs> we, can fight. We, we, we would have exactly naomi campbell I like this i do not want to comment but yeah if you hear in the headphones you know like the interview when when she's actually she's been asked some opinions about the kim k cover and vogue and she replies 
I do not want to comment. We <laughs> 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 were expecting a little bit of like a. I think that's a thing, though. I think from the outside, and I think from people, people want to see negativity in the community, and I think that that for a lot of people is more exciting than seeing, um, than seeing unity and seeing support, uh -huh. es especially among femme people. You oh, know. Yeah. Um, but it's I also another strain of misogyny, yeah, really, isn't it? For sure. It's like, oh, these uh, these beautiful women can't be together because if they're together, then they're going to be powerful. And yeah. if they're more powerful than the guys, then, whoa, we're in trouble because, <laughs> girls, sorry. Right? <laughs> <laughs> we will. <laughs> I also think it's really important to identify the fact that, like, you know, if Emily and I sat down and really talked through, you know, all the issues we've had, like, we would, there would be things that we would see differently on. And, you know, there are points where we disagree and different parts of our community have to have discussions about the best way to help each other and be allies but it's the fact that that's okay and those Absolutely. those yeah. conversations are really necessary and just because yeah. you get something wrong like I know I've had plenty of times because I'm as a cis white woman I know that I have a, a place of privilege in this community and yeah. I'm always trying to figure out how to be a better ally and I've gotten it wrong but it's about educating yourself and talking to other people in your community like how can I do better and people think that that you know that those disagreements can be a negative thing but most of the time they're constructive I think those disagreements are really imperative because mm -hmm. if we don't fight with each other then how do we come to a solution yeah how do if we, we learn, don't identify like, what yeah. the problem is and talk it through and hash it out and scratch each other's eyeballs if necessary <laughs> um, <laughs> I'm not promoting violence of course but if we don't have those really difficult conversations if we don't step out of our comfort zone then how is it supposed to grow how do we educate each other how do we rise up as like one big unit of solidarity if we're not gonna you know have that in-house fight first and you know hash it out between ourselves and then present ourselves to the community in the bigger world as like one big solid gorgeous vivacious Sparkly. I need some more sparkly <laughs> no 100% I, I totally agree Adjectives. with that I think my only my only issue with that is that though it's important to discuss um, I don't think those discussions should go on forever mm -hmm. and I think there is a moment and a place a time and a place where this discussion should be put aside under the name of unity under the name of the fact that we Absolutely. are a community because I also feel that sometimes yes of course we, we've got to you know think differently on certain stuff but if we just get stuck up on that and we just like well I'm not going to support this because this people don't think like me well i think that's detrimental i think it's more important sometimes to you know come like suck it up a little bit and yeah. like and you know but thinking that this is for a bigger purpose for like a, a bigger community and like and the more we are together the better and that's why like for me it was super lovely to have both you and emily and stella in the studio because i wanted to show people that you see although like a, a cis white woman and a trans woman can be sitting in the same studio radio show and have like a peaceful conversation even though as you know stella said they were not going to agree on everything but i'm 100 percent sure that you will find ways to support each other no matter what I think I will see you at the London Transpride March and also probably Emily will come to one of your nights and you know stuff like this I think I honestly encourage this because I find it so 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 important yeah it's it's massively important and it's about okay we we might disagree and uh, we might have opposing opinions because we're all different and our perception is based on our experience and no two people have had the same experience so yes we can have a different experience but also that experience doesn't have to mean that we disagree in a way that makes us not be able to get along no absolutely a um, disagreement doesn't mean like a, a disheartened home or relationship yeah. you can you can disagree and still <laughs> get along in the long run yeah 
I'm like, I agree to disagree with all my friends all the time. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> I mean, so having you sell it here, I, I want to know with you, obviously I know it through you and through other friends as well, but like what's the, the London drag scene? What's the UK drag scene like? Especially, you know, this one to the clubs and the party route, like taking, mm-hmm. you know, RuPaul on site uh, for a second. So yeah. how's that? It's diverse. It's punk as fuck. Mm. Um, it's, yes. there is no, there's no rule book in the London drag community. And I think that's what I was both surprised and so fulfilled by when I became a part of it um, was, yeah, the fact that you can come from any background, you can come from any kind of, you know, approach to your art um, and you can be respected and you can, you know, and do well. And um, I think more than anything, it's we reject both London and just in the wider UK. It's about rejecting binaries and rejecting. um yes you know, rejecting the social constructs of, like, gender and femininity and just how you express yourself as a human being. Because I think that's where I find drag and just queer art in general at its most powerful. Um, and so, yeah, like, in a nutshell. I love that. <laughs> and I actually went, to, I performed at one of uh, Stella's party, which is called Cookie Jar. I was go check them out because it's amazing. And I, I loved how diverse the crowd was and also how diverse the performers were. I love, I can't remember her name right now, but the first like drag act that she went into the whole Star Wars costume. And then, and then she proceeded having this full on like lap dance R&B. Like oh. I was getting my life. Like, Lily Snatch Dragon. Yeah, there My God. Like that was the most amazing <laughs> show. See, like she went into this like Star Wars type of costume and then she started like booty popping mm-hmm. and having her tits out <laughs> and everything. I was just like, twerking. <laughs> I was just like oh, gobsmacked. Yeah. I was like, she this had a is Death Star on definitely her, on her vagina, using like, the force, all like, the force. Exactly. Like, can you yeah. imagine? Like, that was like was so, so, so incredible to see it. To be honest, and again, what I loved it was how diverse the crowd was. You'd get obviously people turning looks, but also you get people in jeans and a t-shirt, just you know, yeah. being there, having fun, and supporting other people. And that's why I wanted to start Cookie Jar because once I really got into the especially the club scene in London as a performer and as a host, I kind of saw this gap in um, queer spaces and queer club experiences by queer people for queer people. Obviously, there were a lot that already existed. There's, you know, Inferno, Wimp, a lot of really great parties. Um, But I just wanted to help continue to add to that mix. And I think um, create some, create a club experience where you can be kind of a queer person who's very used to the club scene and come into it, but you can also be someone who, you know, is straight or who just isn't really used to our community, and you can come in and it can still be a welcoming environment and somewhere where you can have a lot of fun and then also be, you know, exposed to this incredible art and to drag artists that are not of, you know, the RuPaul's Drag Race persuasion and that's alternative. Um, And especially for me, the key part was that all the performers who I put on my stage are female-identifying, non-binary, and trans artists. And I wanted to create a platform where they can put on and, you know, showcase their art on their terms and tell their stories because, you know, that, that for me, that's the best thing I can do as, like, a queer artist is kind of help create these incredible, diverse, celebratory spaces. I love that. I know as a, as a trans performer, I felt definitely like welcomed at home and like the crowd was incredible. To, to link you up with Emily, do you think like you folks are going to collaborate maybe with transmissions and, you know, cookie jar and have like something together? Because I think it will be so, so, so powerful and like so beautiful to see. Yeah, I know. That's like actually something that I'm really want to do in the next uh, few months is basically collaborate 
on parties with other other incredible like transmissions and wimp and inferno and other incredible queer inclusive parties because we're all trying to do the same thing you know and we're all trying to lift each other up so if we join forces we'll just be even more powerful and it's we'll like the the drag avengers literally <laughs> i'm here for it i'm so here for it it's like you know we rise by lifting others i feel like i've got superwoman drag over here wonder woman drag mm -hmm. over here and then you'll all just come together and have like a huge drag party i'm here for it can i yeah. come Yes. Uh, of course. I'll come with <laughs> Could you drag me up? Could I? Could you mask me up? For, I want a mask, bitch. Yeah, when I told you that of you were the mask, course. bitch, you wanted a mask. That's yeah. <laughs> the first thing I said. I said, "Do you think she will make me a mask?" <laughs> All you have to do is ask. Oh, I love that. <laughs> want a mask? All you have to and do trust is me, ask. For the right price, you can get everything you want, honey. <laughs> Fashion. Yes, darling. So, Emily, what's what's next for you in the next month? Obviously, besides Chats Pride um, and March. I have. If anybody's asked me about anything post September 14th, I've said, "Ask me after Trans Pride." Um, <laughs> I am doing nothing else until then. Um, it's going to take up literally all of my time until then. Um, yeah, dedication. Is no. there any is there any way that maybe people that are listening uh, to us can you know get in touch with you and help you on something? What is you know those things that you need help with? I think you know. If yeah, so again, um, our most most active platform is Instagram. It's London Trans Pride. Um, there's also London Trans Pride March at gmail.com where you can email us. Um, that will be good for anybody with specific access needs if somebody actually needs to have a conversation with us um, rather than DMs, which, you know, DMs are unreliable, they get lost. <laughs> so you don't um, want people to slide into your DMs? Sorry? You don't want people to slide into your DMs? I mean, like, if you want to have a casual conversation, but if you want to talk about something <laughs> serious... We have, all know what the DM slide is for. <laughs> Personal is Emily Crooked XO. IGS, I'm just saying. So, um, just lastly, apart from us all ripping down the rainbow flags, putting up some rainbow flags with black and brown stripes and some yes. trans flags all over yes. Soho, what else do you need help with in sort of the last stages of putting together? So we will be having um, one of the things that I've been really sort of um, adamant on is having stewards at the march and then being a big part of the march. We're going to be aiming to aiming for as many as possible we've said minimum 50 um, so if anybody wants to be a steward get in touch we're trying to minimize contact between marchers and police <laughs> so that like if you have an issue you can go to a steward yeah um, if you have kids with you then you can let a steward know that there's a kid in the area so if literally anything happens um, we can we can prioritize safety of children because like, we want it to be somewhere yes. that a family yeah. can come. Um, 100%. Yeah, so if you want to help out being a steward, then that would be fantastic. And otherwise, just if you see something on our social, share it. Like, yes. The, yeah. this is the power of the share. Yeah, yeah, it takes 10 seconds. And it, like when we, when we announced it, it was so beautiful to see just like, I'm just flicking through stories and I'm like, there it is, there it is, there it is. It's on almost everybody's story and yeah. it's reaching so many people like each account it doesn't matter how many followers you have if you're getting it shared by 200 people you're reaching 200 times yeah. of people like wow. it's that's yeah and that's visibility as well that's absolutely that you're every person that shares it doesn't have amongst their followers there are people who need to be reached and people yeah. who are going to benefit from seeing it and learn and 
Yeah, you never know who's going to yeah, see right, when you right. share it. You never know who's going to be inspired. You mm -hmm. never know who's going to be empowered. And you never know when that one person who will just needs to hear it that day. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's, Yes, that's so, so amazing. So, Emily, before we say goodbye to you, can you please remind us the dates again and the location for the London Transbride March, please? Meeting at 1 o'clock on the 14th of September at Wellington Arch on Hyde Park Corner. Um, we are marching to Soho Square where there will be talks and we can have a bit of a party and just generally enjoy the hopefully sunshine. Yes. <laughs> Come on, sunshine. Into yes, the please, um, rain or shine. Yeah, rain or shine. We, we ain't going to go oh, nowhere yes, anyway. Yes. We're going to be there anyway. In our high visits with our masks on. Yes. Yeah. If a third of you bring pink umbrellas and a third of you bring blue umbrellas and a third bring white. There you go. Yeah, <laughs> we can color connect. Yes, 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 we can definitely color connect. And we'll just hire a helicopter and take a picture from above. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. Yeah. I mean, we have our contacts, don't we? Some, <laughs> some queer uh, budget. <laughs> well, thank you so much, Emily, for joining us today. Well, thank honestly, you so much for having me. It was so good to chat. Big, big, big pleasure. So, good luck for Transpride. We're going to see you there. I'm going to be there. I'm going to bring Voices for London. Sure, and I'll see you any before that. And, and yeah, definitely. <laughs> and and any of you who's listening, and again, you're part of the queer community or you're NLI, please go check the, their Instagram page. Share as much as you can, and please show up for our Trans Plus people in our community. Yes. So thank you so much, Emily. Oh, thank you. Cheers. Bye. See you. So now, before we go back to to Stella, what we are going to do is that we are going to play another song. And this time I've been a little bit cheeky. Oh my god! I selected I one of my tracks. <laughs> <laughs> but hey, I'm hosting a radio show. What, what the heck? I have to play one of my own tracks, girl. So, <laughs> and I've got the support here. So thank God. So yes. this is Bang. Also, if you go on Vivo, on Radio Giovanni Vivo, you'll see the video and you see Stella in it as well. Oh yeah! Oh. So enjoy this. Is bang, everybody. Tuesday Takeover with Andrea Di Giovanni on Fubar Radio. Hi everyone, and we're back, 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 back again with the fabulous Shaw Bailey, myself, Andrea Di Giovanni, and the fabulous Stella Marvels. So I just really just want to keep saying, mask bitch. Yeah, like how yeah, amazing is that? I am that, bitch. So, that is amazing. <laughs> the what a mask cool name. bitch, darling. <laughs> <laughs> So, Stella is well known, not only for being, as we said, an incredible drag performer, but because she is, and I call it this way, the Susan Barsh of London, because ah. she organizes this incredible party called Cookie Jar. So, Stella, can you tell us more about Cookie Jar, what it is, what's the concept, and what you want to do with it? Yeah, so I started it now about almost six months ago, which is crazy. Um, and yeah, I started it because I wanted to create more inclusive queer parties in London that were for queer people, by queer people, but also were spaces that were welcoming to anyone who just wanted to appreciate and support um, queer drag that wasn't of the stereotypical cis male drag queen kind of vibe, <laughs> if you know what I mean. The real so, gals. Yeah. <laughs> um, and obviously starting it, I hoped it would do well. And I thought there, there was kind of a space for a party like that. But there was no way of knowing, you know? Right. Um, but then I was so happily surprised when it just has completely taken off. Um, and it's been so wonderful as well, because obviously as a performer and a host, that was, you know, where I started as a, as a drag queen and whatever. Um, being able to bring in friends and artists that I admire um, and being able to, put, you know, put them on stage and also treat them and pay them what I would want. 
yeah. um, is really important to me. I think because that's one of the things as well that people don't always think about is that even if you're getting gigs, it doesn't mean that they're well paid. Mm -hmm. um, and it doesn't. And often you go into <laughs> venues and just because, say, maybe the you know the drag host that's running it is really queer and really supportive. Sometimes the venue isn't. Sometimes it yeah. doesn't feel like a safe space. Yeah. Um, so that's really important to me is in every aspect, whether you're a performer or a host or just someone coming to the party, that it feels like a really safe space that you can yeah. just have, you can be yourself in without any stress or kind of judgment. It's so important. And it's just, it's really interesting to me. Like, where did this like concept come from for you? Like, I love creative people because I, I can sometimes be a little bit creative, <laughs> but sometimes just keep completely logical. And some of I've looked in your Instagram, and some of your stuff is just so otherworldly. Oh, it's thank like you. it's like how do you even think of that? Honestly, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I have no idea. Um, I got masks for me because that obviously now that's my thing. Um, but I fell into that very much by accident. I think because when I started doing drag. Um, you know, as a woman coming into it, I, I didn't want to just be a, a drag queen. Mm -hmm. I didn't want to do this, do the art form as it's always been done. You know, I wanted to do something that would push the boundaries of what it meant to be a drag artist and also what it means to be a queer female and make when people see me, I want them to question the ideas of identity and expression and even just what it means to be a person. Um, so masks, when I found that, that became a way for me to really explore that. And even for me, it allowed me to explore my own gender and identity in a way that I hadn't um, expected. Yeah. Um, also, it's just fun to look freaky. Yeah. If you know what I mean. <laughs> it's fun to look at people looking at you while oh, you look yeah. freaky. I love seeing like people's expressions are a mix of like fascination, horror, admiration, just sheer confusion. Um, but I like to think they always take something away from it or it makes yeah. them think like, hmm, I wonder what that is. I want to find out. So is the mask like, when you've got the mask on, mask bitch, <laughs> is this like an extension of you? Is this like Stella times 10? Is this like we've got Stella on speed right now with the mask? Or is this like I've got a completely different person that I've just, I'm now this alter ego mask person? No, I think for me, because... I think for me, Maddie, because that's who I am day to day, and Stella are very much intermingled, and Stella is just kind of a hyperdrive version of myself. Um, but I think in some ways it allows me to act parts of myself that I don't in the day to day. And I think also that especially women and femmes are discouraged mm -hmm. from accessing is the sense of power, self-confidence, owning your sexuality. Can I get mm -hmm. an amen? Can I get oh, an yeah. amen? <laughs> I thought that was expression. a Miss Banji moment. <laughs> <laughs> Literally. Like, should, we go, should we go for it? Should we go do, for do, it? Miss Banji. <laughs> I need that. I need just a button on my phone I can press. I want it to be my ringtone. Do you remember when you used to have ringtones that weren't just like Yeah, I don't even pick up the phone anymore. <laughs> I, literally, I literally have that type of ringtone. Does anybody have their phone not on silent though? Because my never. phone is just constantly on silent. Same. No, don't ring me. <laughs> I no, never same. pick up the phone the first time. I always wait. And then I see who it is and then I'm like, okay, fine. Yeah. <laughs> it's I'll so shitty, but I do it as well. <laughs> <laughs> We're all mask bitches. Yeah. Yeah, exactly, aren't we? So Stella, I, I want to have your opinion on, you know, the recent announcement obviously of RuPaul Drag Race UK and a couple of controversies that have come out. So the first one, which is I guess in my opinion the biggest one, is you know the controversy in terms of lack of diversity. Mm -hmm. And then I want to touch on this on this fact that 
you know, Bagot Chips, so one of probably the front runners of the show, you know, has been sort of like criticized because she wrote this article about being a Tory and supporting Theresa May. Um, so what's your opinion on these two issues? In terms of the lack of diversity on Drag Race, you know, it's saddening, but I was not at all surprised. <laughs> Mm -hmm. Unfortun unfortunately, it was exactly what I expected it to be because even though in terms of, you know, on the U.S. show, in terms of having people of color and diversity in that sense, they're very good at it. Yeah. In terms of having diversity in terms of anyone who isn't a cis male, mm -hmm. you know, I, I, you know, RuPaul's openly said that he doesn't think that drag is valid if you're not a, a cis male. Yeah. So, um on one hand, part of me hoped that he would use, because obviously, for me, drag in the UK is so punk, it's so diverse, right. yeah. you know, and that's really where we get our power from, is pushing the boundaries of queer expression and drag. I hoped he would maybe use it as a chance to embrace that a bit more, like the UK drag race would be the, the punk or weirder version of the US one. Yeah. But ultimately, if he allowed, you know, trans artists, female drag queens, drag kings, club kids, etc. on the show, he would have to do it on the U.S. one as well. True. Yeah. And he, he doesn't want to do that. And, you know, they as an entity don't want to do that. So, yeah, I think it's sad because it doesn't, it doesn't represent U.K. drag. It's U.K. Yeah. drag queen race. And even then, it doesn't really fit the mold. But um, <laughs> is it sort of less about the art form and more about the commerciality of drag? Fully. And ultimately, even because I know a lot of the artists aren't, that are going to be on this show, and they're, you know, obviously they're all incredible artists, but, you know, I don't, I don't think, I don't like as well how it encourages you to put down one type of drag yeah. for another. Yeah. yeah. Like every type of drag is valid. And that's another thing as well. Only certain types of drag fit the mold of drag race. Yeah. yeah. You know, in terms of you have to be a certain type of performer. You have, like, I don't. I perform as a drag artist, but I often don't lip sync because I wear masks. It's more performance art, yeah. for example. Or, you know, you have to sew, you have to be able to dance and do this and that. And then ultimately, it makes anyone watching the show who doesn't have an understanding of drag outside of it look at it and say, well, okay, if you don't fit that mold of drag, you're not a valid artist. You know, like if you're, if you're a bedroom drag queen and or you, you know most of your drag is predominantly visuals and photography that's not as valid because you don't perform etc etc you know all those so arguments. it like creates a hierarchy in the drag yeah, community and a, fa much. a false hierarchy as well also people forget that they're not any any tv show competition they are not going to pick all of the very best artists to all be on that show in one season amen because the competition would be too hard and also because it they're they're casting for a drama. Yeah, exactly. They're casting for exactly. the content. That's what people are really watching. Exactly. Is the drama. They're putting characters together. They're creating yeah. narratives before the show has even started that they then try and move the archetype to fit. Yeah. You know, so. Yeah, I know. I know because I know I've heard that they actually do psychological tests. Like, yeah. and they, they see how, like, how ready you are and how, how reactive you are to certain um, type of things as well. And oh, no, I totally understand you. And I think um, it's it, my only worry, like, literally the moment it came out, obviously, like, the, the, the Drag Race fan in me was like, oh, so you're going to get, like, a UK version <laughs> of it. Exactly. Like, literally, you know, I was, like, ecstatic about it. But on the other hand, it got me immediately to think, will this create a sort of um, difference in the drag community from, again, you get the, the 
drag race girls and you get you know the you know the queens that you know perform like like you very much you know who who just you know hustle and go through a lot of struggles you know to create yeah. your costumes and to put all the makeup on and create your own night finding spaces that are quite friendly for you to perform and instead obviously these people because of the limelight or whatever they're gonna be handed you know the biggest stages um just because of that kind of title that they have onto um so i i just hope that the uk drag will keep it's you know we'll keep its core uh, safe and it won't get too polluted because to me it's almost like an analogy with the x factor me being a singer right mm-hmm. um mm-hmm. going on the x factor it's it, it's you know it's an opportunity i guess but there are certain things that you need to fit uh, if you want to make it through the X Factor, you've got to be likable. Uh, you, you know, people need to like you. Need to sing. If you're a boy, you need to sing really high. If you're a girl, you need to belt those Beyonce notes. Otherwise, oh, nobody and you will have to have you. a sub story for X Factor. As and well. the sub story, exactly. Oh, yeah, Drag Race love the sub story. Like, oh, I used to make ice in. creams, and <laughs> yeah. now I'm a drag queen. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that, 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 that type of subtext. Mm-hmm. And so, what do you think about instead of like the whole bag of chips drama? Yes, I mean to be honest, I've kind of. Not avoid. Like, obviously, I've seen all the Drag Race stuff, but I've, I have better things to do, <laughs> if you know what I mean. I know. But, um, <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I think on one hand, um, obviously, everyone can have their political opinions. Um, but I think I would more question, you know, are they, regardless of whether they're a Tory or they support Theresa May, are they going to be a good ally for everyone in the community? Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, are they going to use... That's the thing. I don't judge anyone who wants to go on this show. Because as queer people, we have it hard enough as it is to make money, to get recognition. So for anyone, any queer person to get that platform is a good thing. It's yeah. just how they use it. Are they going to use it in positive ways? Or are they going to use it to toot their own hone, uh, horn and then spread a rhetoric that actually helps to put queer people down? Yeah. So that's what I'd be really watchful of. And hopefully they they see that, you know, um, yeah. and are aware of that the weight of it. So do you think the future of Britain's drag race is going to be more diverse? Can you see that happening? Or do you think it's going to pretty much stay true to form? I definitely think, because obviously as soon as the announcement came out that they were casting, everyone was talking about it, like, are you going to apply? Are you not? Blah, 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 blah. Me. Um, <laughs> One of those was me. Yeah. Um, and a lot of what I would say the, some of the best drag artists and the best, and the mo- maybe for a lot of us, the most obvious ones who would have been on the first season, I think a lot of them chose not to apply yeah. because they wanted to see what the first season was like. You know, would it be um, representative of UK drag would it be successful you know we don't know how it's going to go so I yeah. think in the next season you're going to see a lot more names that a lot that people really love and recognize as some really good UK drag artists not that there aren't still some on the first season but of you know what I mean I think you'll see even more I you we were talking about this um earlier and we were talking about because drag race is so huge does it sort of take away from people who have already sort of made it in the drag community? Now they're just sort of on the side because drag race is here. Now you've got to be. To an extent, yeah, because even you look at when, as soon as all the UK queens were announced, they all went, they, all of their Instagrams doubled or tripled overnight. You know? Yeah. And it's that, it's that idea of limelight and insta fame, whereas you have artists who have spent years honing their craft who have been in vogue who have traveled the world doing their art um who 
obviously have also built an incredible following just on their own back. And I find that more impressive. Yeah. Um, yeah. But I think that, yeah, then again, like within the queer community, we know and we recognize the people who've always been there and who are really dedicated to the art. But it's more people from the outside looking in. Yeah. Who yeah. don't understand the complexities of it, who just think, OK, yep, these are the best. So I think yeah. like within queer spaces, I don't think it's going to have a huge impact on the way we book people. But I think for outside promoters and for people outside of the scene, I think it will create a very clear idea of this false notion of quality difference. Yeah. Mm. Also, value. do you do you think that the show here in the UK is going to be, you know, as funny as entertaining? Uh, because, you know, like uh, we've seen sometimes shows that they travel, they try to sort of like copy and paste here in the UK. You know, not working really just as much because, you know, I think this was a, you know, a common worry about all the queer communities. Like, yes, American drag evolves a lot around lip sync and around, you know, all the amazing and glamazon type of drag. I mean, just this season, we've seen Evie Oddly, who actually won uh, because she was that yeah. kind of like punk London attitude to our drag, still making it pretty. Uh, but yeah, so do you think the show is going to copy to the, to the success of the U USA one? I don't know. I think I think a different one of the big differences I think people find is UK humour. Yeah. <laughs> All the Amen. British public yeah. ready. Yeah. And the sense of drag, like e most of UK drag humor is very much based on irreverence, yes. you know, and poking fun at authority. Yeah. Um, and even this idea of you know, bowing down to Mother Rue and her word is the Bible, I think that's I something yeah. that dra drag, drag queens are their own boss, you know? Yeah, right. And they're like, no one's <laughs> going to tell me how to do what I want to do. So I don't know if. That'll translate both for the judges all the time, but I think also translate for U.S. audiences yeah. mm. seeing this because it's very dry, it's very sarcastic, <laughs> you know. So I think in so I think for I think in some ways it could it could be really good, but then you you never really know. It's yeah. hard to tell. I saw some comments under the bag of chips uh, trailer, <laughs> and it was so amazing because like obviously like she's like such a northerner, and she's like oh I'm a, like I'm, I'm the type of girl who likes to get their tits out for the lads or give someone a Jimmy Cranky on the bus for a packs of fags, and like the comment section under the Twitter, it was everything. She was like, what is she talking about? Yeah, that's the thing. Like even there just, is a language barrier between us and the states. Yeah, though. just the accents alone, like. If uh, you know when when my family, like my cousins and my grandparents, when they come over here to visit me, they'll watch you know they'll watch British TV and they'll have no idea what they're saying and to accents that I don't find because I've lived here my whole life that I don't find that difficult. So there'll definitely be some moments where people will need to put on the subtitles. <laughs> for sure. Oh my god! I Imagine drag race subtitles. What will they say? <laughs> Honestly, that that is absolutely paying. Um, okay, so Dan. Now the next guest, Dan, is just arrived here. So in a few so moments, excited. we're gonna have the lovely Dan in the studio. So Stella, please remind us where we can find you, your parties, your social medias, and also what's next for you in the future. Yeah, so you can find me at Stella Marbles on Instagram and Cookie Jar Party on Instagram. And I'm also on Facebook. It's basically Stella Marbles everywhere you go. Yes. Um, and my next party is on the 20th of September at Bethnal Green Working Men's Club. And the theme is dolls and toys. 
Yeah, and besides that, I've got a lot going on. I've got some new parties in the works, some magazine thingy-majigs. That's such a good day to have that party because it's also the London Queer Fashion Show on that day. We're actually right around the corner. We're literally five minutes around the corner. After party vibes. Yeah. I'm here for it. So once you've you've seen all the amazing queer fashion designers, crawl your way over to us and then get freaky. I'm I'm, I'm, I'm walking in the fashion show. I was supposed to. I I should walk as well. Um, Sissy that walk. Sissy that walk. So I'm going to walk my ass around the corner. Right into the Full cookie jar. catalog situation. Mm, mm, you need mm. to put a look, though. I'm going to do the... Um, in, in the While the song was playing, Stella was giving me some tips on how to Vogue. Yes. And apparently, you just do the Macarena really, really quickly. Yeah. I'm so here Had a lot this. of hand twirls. <laughs> and no one knows. Yeah, no one knows. just, you know, twirl and get your life on. <laughs> right, you know what I mean? Okay, so while we say goodbye to Stella, now I'm going to play another friend of mine. She's an incredible singer-songwriter. And her name is Sylvie. You can find her everywhere. And this is... The amazing grey hour. Enjoy. Fubar Radio presents. I am joined by the trans activist and author. It's Miss Charlie Craigs. I, I think it's a really imp- interesting point you said about most people haven't knowingly met a trans yeah, person. Of course, you know, yeah. I feel like most people probably have oh, met yeah, a trans person. Oh yeah, you probably sat next to on the tube <laughs> and had no in idea. the toilets. Because that's the thing, you know, with this toilet thing now, it's like trans people shouldn't be using toilet. The it's, women's and we're, they have we've the whole been time. the whole we, time, the whole time, centuries. Because we've been around since the ancient Egyptian times. Before that, even I'm not very good at history, but <laughs> we've been around since like the days. There's like Greek statues of trans bodies because yeah. third gender is a real thing. Yeah. It's like it's a scientific thing. Like there's nuances of gender, and yeah, and we've been around forever, so we've been using those toilets with you the whole time, baby. So <laughs> you just didn't know because we're so pretty. Every Wednesday, from 6 p.m. Fubar Radio, Tuesday Takeover with Andrea Di Giovanni on Fubar Radio. And we're back to the Tuesday Takeover with me, Andrea Di Giovanni, Shaw Bailey, and now we're joined in the studio by the incredible Dan Crossley. Hey, What's Dan. What's good? How are you? I'm good. I'm good. What about you? Yeah, I'm good. Nice and hot. Fabulous. Thanks. And you also smell lovely. Yeah, no, I know that the listeners can't smell because it's exactly. not smell a radio. Last time I was in this very chair, they said the same thing. So really? thank you. Have you worn the thank same you, I feel cologne. very... Um, <laughs> I feel very um, complimented on myself. <laughs> and can I just say, we were just having a little chat whilst the song was playing, mm-hmm. and you're actually from where I'm from. Yeah, we're from the same area. From How the crazy same is that? No way. Whenever, whenever I meet someone in London that's from Birmingham area, I'm always like, yes! <laughs> Although I am actually getting text shade from my friend Vicky, who's listening, and says, oh, you don't sound like a Brummie. Mine's a goner. My is accent go- is a goner. It's gone. Unless I have a couple of drinks, I'm like, come on, yeah, you're <laughs> right. comes back. <laughs> All right, baby. Yes. <laughs> okay. So, Danny's an incredible singer-songwriter. He has um, released uh, his EP recently, Closure, uh, which mm-hmm. has his single Heal um, and other amazing song and my favourite is Mind Games i got to say I play it every day honey so wait. yeah your favourite is Mind Games it's I love getting just, I know and, about you honey I've heard I love heard. videos on, on my Instagram going I'm crazy to Mind Games they literally give me so much life love it <laughs> I'm love literally it. like lip sync every day so yes tell us tell us a little bit more about you Dan what you do and also what are you doing right now with your music so I released Closure last year um, did my headline show around that which I loved um, so yeah, I'm just riding off the back of that EP at the moment. Um, did a couple of prides. Um, I've got a gig coming up in Kent at Dreamland. Nice. I'm headlining Dreamland, which I can't wait for. Um, 
And I've kind of been taking a step back from posting a little bit and whatnot on social media. Yeah. I'm just taking some time for myself at the moment, mm. getting some new music together um, and ready to release it as soon as possible. But I also don't want to rush. So please don't hate me if I don't release it in, <laughs> oh, in the next couple of months. And the thing is, that's the pressure of social media, isn't it? Yeah. When it's there, you feel like you have to post. Otherwise, you, mm-hmm. you're suddenly not relevant anymore. Yeah, yeah. But when right. you're... You know, when you're as good as you are, oh, as we will hear soon, <laughs> then, you know, take a break, boo. Yeah, I just feel like I think you can get so caught up in it. And um, it's just so important for me as I'm a writer as well, first hand writer, like I just have to live my life to be able to write about it. Yeah. And I found myself not being able to write because I was just I was in the studio every day. And what was I to write about right. being at a mixing desk? Do you know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> so, well, I was uh, reading about you, actually. Well, you know, ooh, as you do. And it said that. that some of your inspirations are people like Stevie Wonder, George oh Michael, yes. Amy Winehouse, Michael mm-hmm. Jack- And they're all people who've lived, have got stories to tell. Yeah, yeah. So I imagine if you're following in that, those footsteps, you need that experience to have, you know. For me, it's just like growing up with singers, like surrounding myself with the music of like singers that had something to say and always had input on their writing was so important to my artistry and now I think uh, even though my music is you know a little bit of a future note (laughs) my new music is going to be a lot more pop based um, as compared to Closure which is very much heavily R&B it's you know being still pop based but still you know real and raw with the lyrics yeah. and yeah. the melodies also go back to that you know Motown era as well Ooh. and is that um, just like a reflection of your journey have you, have you sort of grown out of R&B and grown more into pop or where did that come from I just feel like I've always enjoyed you know lots of different aspects of different genres and I feel like it's so important to realize that it's okay to grow and change sometimes i feel like a lot of artists well you will know is like you know it's always oh you've got to be r&b you've got to be this whereas like how about you let the voice lead and the writing lead and it's always going to be in that same realm of things if you're a good enough artist to the point where you know what you're saying and you know that that's what you're about you know a hundred percent a hundred percent like obviously (laughs) as a fellow artist i (laughs) i really can empathize with what you're saying because like sometimes also like feel like the industry just trying to box you into something so you do that thing and and then just people expect you to just keep on milking just that same thing although you know you see also major you know pop artists who throughout the album cycles they just change Mm -hmm. their sounds they evolve they're always themselves and you can tell by the way they write you know you know that Katy perry writes in that type of way in mm-hmm. that teenage dream sort of bubble so I don't care if she's going to give me something a bit different like yeah. I know every time I hear her I know that like that's the product I'm there to buy I also yeah. found myself super frustrated on stage because <laughs> I mean well Andrea knows as well like, I, I'm, I'm <laughs> I don't know what of, you're I'm referring a, to about being well, frustrated you know, on I'm stage. always out partying you know living it up somehow way or another <laughs> and I felt like on stage I really wanted to just incorporate like you know I've been writing lo- a lot recently about you know the club scene and about how you know, um, you, you know, you meet people and different people and it's all about those initial first meetings with people and whatnot. And that's what I've been writing about. And I wanted to have the music incorporate that in the melody and whatnot. Do you know what I mean? Like yeah. have it so like it can be played in a club because it's about being at a club yeah. and meeting someone. I didn't think it really made sense to have like a really down tempo EP or a couple of singles 
when it's talking about a completely different setting you know yeah no no 100% 100% obviously yeah I think it, it grows sort of kind of like natural obviously like as you said you start from a melody you start from the lyrics and then mm-hmm. you some sort of like build around that yeah. and I think that's where the most genuine piece of music you that you can create comes out of that because you know you're staying true to who you are you're telling your stories and then you'll just find the right type of dress that you want to put on exactly it. yeah um, and yes and, and amazing like obviously you go in the closet there are so many choices, so there's mm-hmm. no need to be stuck into something and also like again I think it's important to stress that you know besides labels and everything music is what really brings people together like mm-hmm. whatever is your sexuality whatever you sleep with how you identify that doesn't change a thing like people resonate to the music to the yeah. lyrics to those experiences that are relatable I had yeah. so many situations like even just a couple of years ago which was so crazy being a gay man in the music industry and being young and gay and in a predominantly you know straight <laughs> industry especially in the yeah. R&B world yeah. oh my lord like <laughs> yeah um, you know I had situations where I was told to change he to her and you know lyrically in my songs and whatnot because it would you know yeah. um, open up to more people and I, I got to the point where I was just like I need to really reassess who I'm around mm. and go back to Dan and just do me because if I like what I'm doing and a, and a couple of other people like it, a couple of other 100,000 people are going to like it too. Yeah. And that's what's going to bring people together, being your authentic self and just doing you. Boo. <laughs> no, no, honestly, like I, I, I feel like that was a, a moment for a sound effect, just doing you, being your authentic self. I love that. We love yeah, let's that. be like, ding. <laughs> that's how we do it up in here. Exactly, exactly. No, honestly, like I, I can, I can honestly empathise with you so, so much because you know this, the music industry likes to play that they are open, but then when you, when you actually go deep down mm. those alleys and those corners, you actually realise that they're still not very open um, about you know having an openly queer person out there, and especially they're not very happy when we speak up about social issues yeah. <laughs> uh, because in their own mind they sort of separate us from a from a mainstream type of audience mm-hmm. and for some weird reason you know you can get people talking about straight issues and that's fine but then mm-hmm. when we want to bring our own agenda in we're almost trying to brainwash them or we're trying to force our views onto yeah, other people yeah it's very strange considering we've, we still don't have much of a voice so uh, yeah. well I know very that strange. Gay Times released their Amplified with um, collaboration yeah, with so Apple exciting. Music which is so exciting shout out Gay Times and all those yeah, boys I love y'all and you know that's everywhere now you've got people like King Princess on there you've got Moon on there and I I'm ashamed to say but I didn't even know some of these artists Yeah, and I'm like wow I can literally click on my Apple Music I've got you on my Apple Music now too sis (laughs) thank you thank you but it's so important because I want to listen to music that's you know made by queer people I want to hear a man sing about he without changing the the pronouns and I think a lot of the execs that you know like in, in my experience, a lot of the people that I've spoken to about this issue that, that's being made, it's not an issue until uh, they say it is, they you say know. It is. Um, it, I've always hit them back with, straight people still listen to Sam Smith even though they know he's right? gay. Yeah. <laughs> right, right. Troy has a lot of straight male, fr- male fans, you know. Um, and it's just irrelevant. It's very irrelevant. Yeah. And it's, it's great to see people like Gay Times um, really supporting this movement. And... It's about time. It's about fucking time we yeah. got a voice and Amen. people yeah. started Amen fucking to listening that. to some good music, you know? Yeah, and change the perception. I really feel like clear, queer, clear, 
clear people, clear. <laughs> the people who are see-through. But I really feel like queer people own music. All of the greatest, you know, artists that I listen to mm-hmm. have got some queerness about them, like Prince. Yes. Like, come yeah. on, give but me that purple that, rain. I'll say that queer people are the forefront of everything that comes with the entertainment business. Yeah, honey. fashion. Yeah. Fashion and like it, performances. Yeah, in different sectors as well. Mm. Can we listen to that? Oh, 100%. I was about to Are say we ready that. For that. Yes, I think we're ready. Yeah. Drop it like it's hot. So, do, do, do you want to launch your own track? So, it's Mind sure. Games. It's Mind Games. Yes. Okay. Hey, this has been Dan Crossley. You're listening to Fubar Radio, and this is Mind Games. Hope you enjoy. Tuesday Takeover with Andrea Di Giovanni on Fubar Radio. Hey, everybody, and we're back with the amazing Sharp Babies and Dan Crossley. Hey, hey, hey. So, Dan, I want to talk to you a little bit about um, how does it feel to be um, DIY in this madness that is the music industry? Oh, it's long, (laughs) isn't it? Um, No, I mean, do you know what? It has its pros and cons. And I found out through recent situations that I won't speak about, but it's it's a lot better being DIY and I really <laughs> fucking enjoy it. I enjoy having things my way. So, uh, you know, I love, I've always been, even when I was working with people, it was always um, the fact that I'd always have artistic control. Yeah. So I co-directed all of my music videos for Closure wow. and did the whole storyboard for that as well. So yeah, I've always had an independent mindset, yeah. even if I was signed at the time. So um, yeah, I mean, I'm really enjoying what's happening recently. Um, I'm looking to do a lot of live stuff yeah. in the new year, maybe towards the end of this year. Um, mm. So yeah, it's just about you know. I feel like when you're when you are independent as well, you kind of get more of a kick out of doing things yourself. True. I feel mm. like a lot of artists may get not lazy, but very dependent uh-huh. on the people around them, and that's what you don't want to be because otherwise things are not going to go. Your you way. Know, the, yeah, or yeah. the way you, you, that you wanted them to go, you know. And that's the same for anything, really, yeah. isn't it? Like, when you achieve it yourself, mm-hmm. when you are putting the work in yourself, yeah. you know, I'm doing it for myself, yeah. by myself, when you actually achieve it, how much more does it mean it to you? It just feels so much better. Right. And you get more of the benefits. <laughs> and I bet True. you didn't even know you could co-direct a music video. You're like, no, hey, I'm just doing exactly. it. It's, it's, it's so bizarre. And it I've happens. Recently, you know, like, recently, um, now I've taken some time out, it's also to, you know, you know nurture what I'm doing and like you know work on my artistry and I've been in the studio a lot dabbling with production Um, so the next couple of releases I do want to co-produce if not produce the whole thing Um, taking yourself out you know taking yourself out and really just like honing in on your craft is so important yeah Um, and just you know take your time to get better we're all learning still still you know Amen. And that's the beauty of, of creativity and being an artist that you can just stay continually mm-hmm. learning. You're going to learn until the end of your career. And yeah. if you stop learning, then that's probably the day your career ends. Yeah. No, truthfully, truthfully. No, no, absolutely. 100%. True speaker, true speaker. Y'all know me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so sorry about this terrible American accent that I do sometimes. It's awful. Oh, isn't we're here I mean, it. I used to think I could do like a Venice kind of like. Or like Valley, Valley Girl. Oh, and like we're ready let's for try it. it. Let's try it. Hey, let's go. What, what should my name be? Um, Felicia. Felicia. Oh, Felicia. <laughs> oh, just because hey, I like saying Felicia. Bye, Felicia. Hey, like, <laughs> hey, like my name's Felicia, and I'm from the Valley. 
I'm kind of here for it. I'm kind of here for it. Give me a ding. Give me a ding. Any Americans that are uh, that are listening, I'm sorry. That was terrible, wasn't it? Awful. And Stella's going to be around the corner and she's going to be taking my mask off. She's going to be like, girl. I'm going to get a mask thrown at me. I love Stella. We were talking earlier and she's a great girl. Oh. Yeah, she is. Anybody honestly. who refers to themselves as mask bitch, yes. I'm here for her. I mean, you've got. You've, She's got to have some balls. Kudos to but, that. But not exactly. have balls. I feel like it's not even powerful to have balls anymore. Sorry, guys. I mean, yeah. <laughs> I, yeah. I agree. She's got to have some tits for that. <laughs> <laughs> sorry, mum. Sorry, mum. Mum. I know my mum's no. listening. I'm sorry. I said tits. Ah, it's going to be fine. <laughs> No, but yeah, like I, I totally agree with you when it's all about being independent. Um, nowadays, I feel like it's it's so much better. There is a lot of hassle that comes with it, especially mm-hmm. I find, especially economics, obviously, because yeah. when you have to self-fund yourself. Mm-hmm. Um, People don't realize how little money is in this industry right now. Like, oh, oh, you're a singer-songwriter. You Great, Uber's on you. No, no, <laughs> it's not the case. You're saying you don't have like money like Jay Z. You're not no, just I, like paper. Believe it or not, no. Oh, no, no. exactly. Oh. exactly. Well, streams, <laughs> streams don't relate to uh, to money. Put it that way. <laughs> yeah, like imagine like one stream with zero dot zero thirty five cents per stream. So you imagine yeah, to, to, to have like a substantial income. How much would that be? I'm going to listen to you all on repeat forever. I'm sorry. Oh, thank you. <laughs> thank you. Yeah, that helps. That, <laughs> that, that helps. definitely helps. <laughs> it helps. But um, yeah, I think people are very blindsided by like the whole. Um, True. Because they see such, you know polished imagery on the right. Instagram and yeah. stuff you know they see they see a different side of it yeah you know? no no 100% and also I think like the music industry has evolved so much in the mm-hmm. past 5 to 10 years obviously people are used to the pop stars in the 90s but you know you oh they just, were rolling in it <laughs> exactly do you know what I mean it's just like I know like steps are still going <laughs> But that's Christ. different. Like that's totally different to what we're doing right now. And I think mm-hmm. there is like there's not a set path, so that's why people cannot really necessarily relate. So people imagine, you know, you look like a million bucks, and people immediately think that you come from a million bucks. You when, do look yeah. like a million bucks. When, oh, thanks, darling. It's okay. <laughs> I'll take that. <laughs> but it's so true what you're saying. You know, they see you, you know, either on stage or in a music video. Like that suit in my music video, I can't afford that shit. Right? Do you know right. what I mean? Same. That was taken back the next day. Exactly. Ooh, like, <laughs> I left the tags on that shit. <laughs> they were tucked into the back. Honestly. No, no, I know. I, I hear you. Like even my my bank video. Actually, I made it like with zero money. Yeah. Like it was all help of other people and all the you know the couture gowns and the, the things that were there. Like obviously, like I just <laughs> borrowed them. So <laughs> is the I'm just asking you both now because you're both here and I feel like I'm taking over. Go for but is the DIY generation helpful to each other? Yeah. So you said you borrow suits and you've got a videographer. Mm-hmm. Do you all help each other out? I find especially in the queer community, mm-hmm. it is so, we, we are all so um, just like supportive and I love it. Like, especially in the last year or so, I've really felt like an influx on support from other gay male artists and I think that's great. What about lesbian artists? Them, them too. Them too. Them too. No, 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 them too. Honestly, <laughs> like, uh, from I think it's like more the queer community as a whole. Yeah, like, as a uh, whole. Yeah, no, absolutely love it. And there is there is so much support because like we realise that if we um, kind of like raise our voice together, what we do like we do this cute little Spotify playlist mm-hmm. or like Apple Music playlist, yeah. and we just put each other's music in there for other people to discover. Because you know, most of the time I get a lot of friends, even from the queer community, that comes up to me and they like, oh, but do you know some new queer artists? And like, that's always my best response. I send a link to the playlist. And I was like, there is how many that you want, huh? <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah, just I even, endless amounts. Sometimes I've like known people. So, for example, Foxglove, 
Imogen. Yes. I've known course. her for a while, mm. but I didn't even know that she was a singer until, no way! until Helen crazy. had her on her radio show last week. And I was like, oh, I oh. didn't even know that's what you did. And I've listened to her music. I'm like, yas queen. Yeah, yeah she's, she's out with a lot of the rays, isn't I'm, she? I'm putting the, the link up. Big shout out to you, babe. Keep Absolutely. an eye out for any um, collective shows coming up as well. True. Yeah, this is true. what I'm saying. I feel like true. A, exactly. there's, there's talks going on. Okay. Yeah, there's talks Tell going on more. about it. Tell me more. Well, the idea, the idea is to put up a proper queer pop night where it's, you know, artists that are like openly queer and are actually openly doing pop music as well. Because okay. I feel there is still so much like stigma around doing pop music if you're an artist, whatever your you know gender identity mm-hmm. or sexuality is. But, you know, if you're trying to break the mainstream, there's not many pop nights going on here in London. If you go to Camden, the rock scene is great. Uh, I agree. Yeah, as well. There's, there's a major lack of new music showcases yeah. yeah there used to be a, a lot a lot more yeah yeah true. but they all just i don't know i guess it was like funding or whatnot i don't yeah. know but um they i guess all it's just all gone digital now hasn't it because i was up late last night and top of the pops was on <gasps> oh my god top of the pops oh my god like in the 90s and the lip syncing was so good <laughs> right <laughs> nothing <laughs> like that exists anymore though does it there's no. no sort of collection of artists coming together where you can watch them no, and you but can even celebrate. in london there was like showcase live you know yeah. all of these all of these new let's music bring events it back. let's yes let's because it's really it. uh, it's really sad to see people not being able to showcase what they've got yeah. I love this show. We're bringing all the drag queens together. Yeah. We're bringing all the yeah, queer that's artists what we, together. That's, 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 that's my plan. Like that's all originally my plan. Yes, I think again. I always say like we are stronger together mm, rather than exactly rather than you know separate. <laughs> and that's why I think it's so important for all of us from different intersections, from different you know origins and places, and even genres or different type of performances. But if we come together, we we just gonna grow together and be better. I just thought of something really cheesy. I'm gonna say it anyway. Go for it. Are you ready? Go for it. You can't say community without saying unity Aww. Aww. I really what? liked how that was almost harmonising uh, no. <laughs> 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 I'm here for the harmonised moment Love to be honest it. it's so I've great. never done a harmony before Oh, you just did, sister. You just did, exactly. You're learning quick. <laughs> it's your influence. It's, oh, it's We're amazing. We're rubbing off on you. Oh, amazing. So, Dan, can you remind us, please, where we can follow you um, yeah. and all your social media, your Spotify, and also if there's any you know, new gigs, as you said before, there, mm-hmm. we can come and watch you. Yeah, so I'm headlining Dreamland in Margate on the 13th of September. Um, look out for loads and loads of shows coming up. Um, at my Instagram, which is at I am Dan Crossley, and every other platform is the same. So I've tried to keep it as uh, simple as possible for you. Amazing. So thank you so much, Dan, for being with us today. Thanks for having me. And now we're going to play a little bit of one of my favorite general conforming artists, which is Dorian Electra. So this is Adam and Steve. In the beginning, it was the world. And we're back, 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 back again to wrap up this incredible, fabulous show. So I you, don't want it to be over. I know, right? I had such a great, great, great time talking about all these amazing things with the amazing Shaw Bailey here with me and then with Emily, Stella and Dan. It was such an incredible show and it shows how our community, how can we come together and fight for the same battles? Literally, the... I have never been in a room with a trans woman, a cis white woman, a non-binary person, a black lesbian, and we're all just like, hey, let's all have a great time together. Yes. Let's all talk about things that we are really inspired. Oh. I'll give oh. you a ring, honey. Can, can I have another one? Yes. Yes! Yeah. 
ding ding for that so thank you so much for having me it's been a pleasure honestly honestly Shah is an actual gem so please make sure to follow the both of us I'm at, at Andrea Di Giovanni on Instagram and at Andrea Di Giovanni on Twitter and then also all my music is on Spotify Apple Music and where fine music is sold and streamed also I have uh, a couple of shows I have one on the 13th of September is the trans all-inclusive trans fashion show organized by Miss Kimberly at City Hall and yes. then shout out Miss Kimberly we yes. love you and love then you. I'm doing another show on the 18th of September at the Royal Tavern Vauxhall at the Vauxhall Royal Tavern I don't know I said in the wrong order but <laughs> anyway I've got to perform there on the 18th with the incredible also Virgin Extravaganza and more performer so what's next for you Sharp? well actually the next thing for me is this Sunday um, up in Birmingham I've got my event which is the Zen Zone we're doing a jam session so it's going to be all things guided meditation we're going to I'm going to cook some soul food actually yeah oh, I love soul food it's something food. that I evolved from my house so it used to be a few friends at home and now it's evolved and we've got like full event a full <laughs> event but then next week just to make you cringe and make you jealous I'm um, off to Bali I'm doing some Ooh. guided meditations at a retreat over there oh my god um, in the second week of September and I'm actually taking my mum with me because ah! it's my 30th in September and it's her 50th so we're going to do it together we're going to get our zen on together so bloody cute um, and I absolutely live for it also little shout out to remember that this episode is going to be available in podcast on both Spotify and Apple Music so if you lost today's show and weren't able to, 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 to hear us and to hear what we talked about please make sure that you go and download and stream it and hear us having a jam here it's been so amazing I literally it's gone so fast as well I know right like two hours boop <laughs> and they were like flown away so we're gonna wrap up the show playing one of my favorite trans icons and artists um which is uh, Kim Petras but before we're gonna do so Please. I have to play Please. a little bit of Gemma Collins for our <laughs> lovely producer cause like big she, up producer Abby big up Abby we love you so much so we're gonna give you a little bit of you ain't ever gonna get this candy <laughs> Bipes. <laughs> this candy babes, big this up the candy Essex. Babes, <laughs> babes. So amazing. So we're gonna get to our last song. So from my favorite trans icons and performer, and which is Kim Petras. Also, she has her sold-out show tonight at Heaven. Aww. So I hope you have a really great time. Please feel free to send messages to either Fubo Radio or me and shout or the fabulous guests. And this is the incredible Kim Petras with Icy. You've been listening to a FUBAR Radio podcast. For more information, go to FUBARradio.com.